Mass tourism is destroying the world's most beautiful places, severely impacting the environment, its wildlife, and the most vulnerable populations. Traveling the world and interviewing experts, a new film, The Last Tourist, sheds light on the destructive practices of tourism, one of the largest industries in the world, and then offers some hope on what we can do to repair it. We speak with the writer-director and one of the experts featured in the film next. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. Did you know that the most popular tourist destinations have the highest rates of poverty? Or that the $2 billion a year tourism industry often creates many more challenges than it was meant to solve? How about the fact that orphanage tourism is on the rise thanks largely to the profit motive, with children used as entertainment for unsuspecting tourists? And then there are the other entertainers, animals. It's estimated that 500,000 animals around the world are hurt as part of tourist attractions. And let's not forget cruises and all-inclusive vacations, both of which try to keep its guests removed as much as possible from local destinations, ensuring that foreign money flows back into their own hands. It's time for a reckoning of the tourism industry. And on today's episode, we speak with the writer and director of The Last Tourist, Tyson Sadler, and one of the experts featured in the film, Melissa Matlow, campaign director at World Animal Protection Canada. They join us for a sobering conversation about the tourism industry and the film, a provocative, oft-times painful look at the damage caused by over-tourism. On a positive note, we also discuss the potential for tourism to be a powerful force for change, and the work already happening on the ground to right the wrongs, and inspire a more conscious traveler. The movie is called The Last Tourist, and I really, really enjoyed and and enjoyed it from a very profound place of sorrow. Actually, it 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 upset me very much. A lot of the stuff that um, that you captured on on film, which is exactly the purpose, and you did a good job at it uh, in terms of really opening our eyes to what's happening in the world of tourism, which is. I mean, aside from the pandemic period of time, it's it's booming. Um, and that a lot of people may not realize the impact that they are having during their travels on things like, you know, um, poverty and environmental issues and issues with with animal rights. And you you kind of touch upon all those issues very, very powerfully in the film. So I have to, first of all, congratulate you on that, um, Tyson. Great job. Great, great job. Um and so if you think back to how this film started, and, and I'm curious, what exactly sort of inspired you to say, hey, this is a film project I want to take on? What is there? Did you know about this stuff before? Did you have an interest in it? You know, I, I have a long history of international travel, um, you know, for both work and pleasure. And, you know, particularly in some of the world's more fragile locations. And I've seen the impact firsthand of what travel and tourism um, has on the environment, on wildlife, and on host communities. You know, a a few years ago, 
um, you know, G Adventures, the founder, Bruce Boone Tip, he had tapped mm-hmm. Skin and Bones Film Company to produce um, this film, you know, who in turn tapped me as the writer and director. And, you know, I, I mean, it was a very, I think, fitting choice just because I had you know, had some very strong opinions about my observations. Yeah, absolutely. And some people watching the film may not even know, they don't even realize, you know, but it seems like you really had some of this understanding and knowledge. And yet I'm sure, and maybe I am uh, presuming too much, but I'm sure there were some aha moments and some moments of like, wow, I cannot believe I even saw this, or I didn't even realize the extent of this. Wondering if there was anything particular that stood out for you with all the different folks that you interviewed, with all the, um, you traveled to so many different countries when you were, you know, filming this piece. So yeah, I'm curious if there's anything that stood out. I knew that travel and tourism had an impact, but I didn't know the extent of what that impact was. Right. So one of the initial steps that I took when I was creating this film is I reached out to some of the world's foremost experts in conservation, in animal welfare, in travel and tourism to just do a, you know, a major knowledge dump and you know, put these pieces together of you know, how everything is interconnected. And I, through that process, you know, I realized some very interesting things. Tourism supports one in 10 jobs globally. There's been a, a massive increase over the past 70 years in the number of travelers that are traveling. In 1950, we had 25 international, 25 million international arrivals. Um, pre-pandemic, that number was 1.3 billion. That's a multiplication of 52 times. Um, so people are traveling to these same finite destinations they were going to seven, 70 years ago. Only today, there's just a lot more people traveling there. Um, and the impact is, you know, only, only going to grow, you know, as the population of the earth grows. I mean, I, I was uh, listening to some of the experts and you had, by the way, you speak, to, you spoke to some brilliant uh, top experts in, in terms of these areas um, of study, you know, conservation, animal welfare, poverty. I mean, there was like so many great talking heads, uh, Melissa being one of them. And, but I, you know, there was a few things that really struck me, um, you know, to think that the highest rates of poverty are in some of the destinations that are most popular around the world to travel to. And you always think to yourself, cause I know I did some travel writing. They take you on these media trips and you are taken to only very specific places. You see specific things. You don't get a true sense of what's going on. And you definitely don't in many ways like help support um, local communities. And unless, and I did travel with G Adventures though, that was quite of a different experience. But um, overall, you don't get a true sense of what's really happening. So neither do you see it, nor do you help support it. Um, And then you write about it. And, you know, I felt that some of the travel writing I was doing in the end, I felt like, I'm kind of perpetuating these myths, which is very dangerous. And that's a whole other part of the story that I feel very um, attached to, obviously. But, you know, when you look at people in Cancun, we show people on cruises, we show people, um, you know, volunteerism, which is huge. You think that you're helping support these countries. You, you think if you're getting on a cruise and you're having these ports of call that you're helping support the local community, it's, it's easy for you to believe that in some level, right? So if we even look at it from that perspective, how do we uh, account for the fact that there's such high rates of poverty? Well, we find that, you know, in, in areas particularly where tourism is not managed well, you know, on a, on a governmental level or on a destination management level, you know, particularly in the developing world, tourism can actually 
perpetuate poverty. And I think, you know, many people who have ever traveled or taken a cruise um, can see this firsthand that, you know, in that, you know, particularly, you know, in, in, in ports of call, you know, where cruise ships land, lots of people, you know, will, will leave their homes and come to, you know, these cruise ship ports, you know, with the hope and the promise of making a little bit more money, right. but the cruise, but the cruise ship model really counters that, you know, the, their model is to keep the money flowing back to the cruise ship. You know, the, the, you know, the pe people, you know, travelers are told, you know, don't, you know, buy or shop, you know, outside of our, you know, recommended list of vendors, you know, on shore, but you know, that that's all for a reason. It's because the cruise ship, you know, takes back a cut. Um, and what, what, what needs to happen, you know, in order for, you know, our travels to actually be a force for good and to actually help socially and economically the people uh, in the places we're visiting is we need to make very deliberate choices. You know, right. we need to be very deliberate on where we shop, where we stay, where we eat. Um, and if we do that, you know, our travel can actually have a huge positive economic impact on host communities. And I'm going to get to that question more deliberately in a second in terms of what can be done. Thank you for that. And I, Melissa, when I bring you into this conversation, I'm, you know, your role as an expert and, and uh, understanding some of the impacts that uh, tourism has on animal welfare, the environment, what would you say are, especially when looking at this film, looking back at this film, what would you say that really sticks out for you that you wish more people knew before they'd even travel? Well, I think our simple rule of thumb for travelers and just people concerned about the impact they have when they travel is just if you can ride a wild animal or hug a wild animal or take a selfie with a wild animal, chances are it's cruel, so don't do it. And I think many people are duped into thinking many of these places are rescue centers. That's how it's promoted to them uh, when really they're just, just a roadside zoo and a, and a, a, a business that's trying to make money off of every picture and direct experience with an animal. And I was struck by the documentary about how similar that issue is across the board. So when I, I didn't know about, uh, orphan orphanage tourism, I right. found that particularly shocking and heartbreaking. And when, you know, the spokespeople in the film, address that issue. I was like, that's just like if you put an animal as right. a photo prop in that same area and people think they're volunteering at an elephant orphanage and helping these elephants yet it, it, the elephants there because there's a demand to get up close and see that animal. And that's linked to poaching in the wild. So um, there was just so much crossover and, yeah. and I was really surprised by the, the, I knew these problems existed. I was surprised by similarly to Tyson of the extent and scale of it. And then yeah. the, that there was so many crossovers. Yeah. And I saw that too. I thought there's such a strange, interesting um, Tyson. Did you do that purposely? Like the, you know, the uh, orphanage issue back to back with the animal welfare issue, because it, it, it was like, it basically it's either the children or the animals who are there to entertain, you know, and be all for the wrong reasons. Um, it's, yeah, it's we, we, we saw that connection. And that's why we, you know, we, we make that parallel, you yeah. know, in the film that, you know, we travel abroad, um, you know, and for example, we can go to a place like Thailand and we can exploit elephants, um, you know, that, that only serves a purpose of entertaining, you know, the traveler. But in a very real way, we do that same thing when we travel and 
we volunteer in orphanages and we take selfies with them. We treat humans um, in a very similar way that we treat animals. And that's, you know, a, a, a very strong metaphor that the film explores is, yeah. you know, and, and I think we, what we try to do is just hold up a mirror to our audience and, you know, ask the question, you know, like, is this something that, you know, that we're engaging in and, you know, does this, does this feel right? Um, you know, you asked about, you know, an aha, another aha moment. Mm. There, you asked about aha moments making the film and, you know, and, and it was when I was, you know, discussing with Melissa during the creation of this film, I never understood the, you know, the scope of how many animals, you know, are, are exploited on a daily basis, um, you know, for, for tourist entertainment. Right. Melissa, do, do you have, um, offhand, do you have any numbers of, of just globally the scope of, yeah. of that? Uh, you know, more than 550,000 is what our global researchers estimated of wild animals that are in roadside zoos that are used for uh, swim with dolphin experiences, tiger selfies, walk with lion experiences. There's no shortage. And it's, and what surprised us too in this research is how many of these people who participate in these activities are they love animals, right? That's why they want to do this. And they'll pay a lot of money to get up close. Um, and they have no idea the harm that they're causing. And that's what gives me hope, though, as frustrating as that is, we can shift this if these mm. are people who are doing something that doesn't actually align with their values. We can shift a big segment of the people participating in these activities by getting them the information they need and transitioning the industry. So I love that the film shows that travel can still be a force for good, that you can shift it by working with companies like G Adventures um, that have a good ethical business model and staying community tourism, community stay home stays. Um, you know, you can really, these countries do rely on tourism for economic development as well. And it can be a force for good, not only for um, income equity and, and growth in that area, but also protecting natural spaces instead of going to see um, an elephant in a, in a, in, an, in a roadside zoo in an enclosure, why not go to a natural park, protect that natural park and have local naturalists um, use their expertise and cultural knowledge and share that with people going into a protected area. And then, it, you know, it increases the chance that that area will stay there for future generations. Um, so I think that's what excites me about this as heartbreaking as the film was and yeah. shocking. I, and I, I do have hope and also just hope more people see it because I don't know how you could watch a film like that and not be moved to change your travel practices. Yeah. And that I just, it's the question of getting more people to be educated and to watch films like these, you know, it, well, I was going to throw back to you and Tyson, you had already sort of mentioned what we can do. Um, and, and Melissa, you just mentioned that as well. And there is someone in the film who I love, I don't remember her name, but she has, um, she helps animals that have been um, put in a position Right. Thank you. Yep. She was wonderful. What she was doing. I mean, just, it was at a sanctuary. What, what it, exactly does she run it? Lech Shiler is a tribeswoman from Northern Thailand and her life's mission is to rescue elephants that have been abused in the tourism industry. And so she takes elephants that have formerly been a part of these quote unquote rescue centers or sanctuaries or right. retirement homes, which are really just, nonsensical names 
you know, that, that, that a lot of these um, parks in Thailand put on there, but she, she rescues elephants from lives of abuse um, within both the tourism industry and the forestry industry and provides them, you know, a life of dignity. Unfortunately, you know, if, if an elephant spends a lifetime in captivity and probably maybe Melissa is a better person to, you know, to talk about the subject, but when, 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 a, when an elephant spends a lifetime in captivity, they can't be reintroduced to the wild right. and expected to do things that wild elephants would do. Right. And so the best you know, possible scenario for an elephant that has spent a lifetime in captivity is to give them a sanctuary where they can live the rest of their life you know, in dignity um, you know, and free of exploitation. And I believe that there is a balance, you know, that we can balance wildlife with tourism in a very respectful, sustainable way, but it has to be done very intentionally. You know, what this woman um, that you mentioned did as as in Thailand is one example. Um, Is there anything else we can do? Anyone else have an idea of of things that can be done that we can fix the situation and actually turn it around to make it positive? Anyone have any other thoughts or ideas and what gives you hope that that is possible? Well, speaking on a global level, I think that the, the number one thing that we can do first of, first and foremost is do our research. You know, we should be approaching our, you know, we, we should be making our travel decisions the same way that we would make our decision, you know, to attend a specific university. You know, we need to do our research, understand the impact that we have in a destination, the impact that we have on the environment, the impact that we have on local wildlife as well as on local host communities. If we lack the knowledge and we don't do our research, then there's a very strong likelihood that you know our travels won't be a force for good and our money will be funneled into multinational corporations. Um, you know, and we will continue to perpetuate the cycle of animal exploitation and poverty amongst host communities. Right. But I, I do believe that when we ask you know the difficult questions and do our research prior to you know, arriving in our destinations. Um, you know, we also have a responsibility to ask difficult questions of our tour providers. For example, you know, like what environmental policies, you know, do you have? How are you giving back, you know, to, to the local communities? And we can ask this of our hoteliers, of our restaurants, um, and of our, of our tour operators. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we, uh, we do interview one expert in our film, Elizabeth Becker, who wrote a beautiful book um, called Overbooked, you know, the you know, which is about, you know, the impact of travel and tourism. And she shares with us in the film, you know, that tipping is, you know, tipping generously is likely to be the best person to person action that that you can take because Mm. it really, you know, affects people on a very fundamental level. You know, often the most exploited people in the travel and tourism industry are the ones that have the baseline jobs, you know, the people that clean your hotel rooms, that wash your sheets, the ones that serve you in restaurants. And, you know, I, I believe that tipping um, is just a wonderful way to make your money go to the places that it's needed most. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's and something that people may not think about so much. When I reflect on my own travels, I often find that, you know, my priorities historically have been you know, trying to get a great deal and bargaining right. in markets. Um, but I think that there's a way that we can flip that and say, you know, that maybe that shouldn't be our priority is bargaining and getting a good deal in markets right. because we actually have a very unique opportunity to make a positive social and economic difference in the lives of some marginalized people. And maybe that's an opportunity where, you know, we could pay a little more for things um, because it does help provide jobs with dignity in the developing world, you know, under the banner of travel and tourism. That's another good point. Yeah. 
Um, Melissa, do you want to add anything else to that? I completely agree. Just do your research. And if you don't have time for that research, then pick a travel company that has responsible tourism policies that has done that research for you. When it comes to animal welfare, we have an animal friendly travel guide that has different tips of things to look out for, uh, because many of these things are behind the scenes, you know. Uh, so our simple rule of thumb still is if you can ride, hug or, or take a selfie with a wild animal, it's too close to the animal, the animal's being forced to do unnatural activity. So chances are it's cruel and you should just stay away. Um, people often think that if an animal is in captivity, uh, that it wasn't harmed because it wasn't poached from the wild or it's being bred in captivity to serve a conservation benefit. But often many of these places are commercial businesses that are just profiting from the use of a wild animal. I can't, you know, if, if there's another documentary that that brought this message home, it's Tiger King. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it didn't show the message, but it was the underlying theme throughout everything. Yeah. And anyone I talked to, was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these kind of facilities exist. Um, that's probably the worst case, but there are many places that do a good job at masquerading as a, a sanctuary or a, a conservation facility, and, and they really are just entertainment models. So um, yeah, I, I, research. I think that's it. Do your research. Do yep. your research, and, and, and if you can't do it on your own, like you said, it's a good point, then, uh, then at least choose operators um, who are known for um, placing the priority on people planet. And, and I would agree too about, you know, applauding moves forward. So tipping, um, also leaving positive reviews when you see good practices being done, um, complaints when you don't see practices being done well, um, you know, that kind of uh, information sharing, you know, TripAdvisor reviews are often looked at by people who are making independent decisions outside of a travel provider. Um, so that goes a long way um, yeah. as well. All good points. Um, thank you, Tyson. Do you want to add anything else to that? In terms of an outlook, you know, I, I think I am really, you know, happy and proud to see that I, I, I do believe that the world is moving in a more, um, you know, moving towards a more responsible type of travel. And I think that there's a direct correlation, you know, with our, our increase in access to knowledge and information sharing, you know, like we spoke about in doing your research, you know, and, and I feel like particularly, you know, with the increase of the impact of the internet in our daily lives, th there's been a direct correlation between our, our, um, our desire to travel more responsibly and sustainably, sustainably. Um, because we can see our impact, you know, at a faster rate than ever before. And like Melissa mentioned, you know, being able to leave reviews, um, you know, where the world can see and we can share this information, you know, that that holds us accountable and that holds our tour operators accountable at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do believe that, that uh, you know, we still have a lot of work to do, but we are headed in, in the right direction. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I appreciate that. I still don't know what, how we can change the cruise ship model, but you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that just, it's a model that works so well for them that will they change that model? I don't know, but yeah. I think there's but, other ways. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. I mean, cruise ships, you know, I mean, Virgin has just launched a new cruise ship and, you know, while the model itself, you know, is, isn't perfect, there are attempts, you know, being made, you know, to reduce carbon emissions, um, you know, and to, you know, to treat wastewater, you know, more, more effectively, um, you know, and so it's, it's by small steps, you know, and yeah. we, we can never <clears throat> travel in a way that's a hundred percent, no impact. We will always have an impact, but what we can do is try to reduce our impact when we travel. Yeah. 
All right. Well said. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for the two of you for, uh, for joining me. I really, really appreciate it so, so much. Um, I was really a poignant and, and, and thought-provoking film. So, and Melissa, thanks for the work that you do. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum. Thank you.